Welcome to Dawn Patrol, the 30A morning show. Good morning! Presented by 30A Cottages and Concierge. Yeah! <laughs> Online, 30acottages.com. All right, what is happening, everybody? It is Dawn Patrol, and it's 30A Radio, and we're at one of my favorite places on 30A. And if you've ever been out here, you'll know exactly where we're talking about. We're right next to the beach access of Graydon Beach State Park, and we're here with Patrick Hartsfield. And uh, I, I just wanted to kind of – how nice of an office is this? <laughs> <laughs> you can't beat us, you know. Um, even on the cold days, it, it, it's just awesome out here. So um, – I mean, I've got the best of both worlds. I got the beach on one side and the forest on the other. Got a lake, got the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, all sorts of wildlife. It's awesome. It is awesome. How long have you been out here with Great Beach State Park? 15 years. 15 years. Yep, it'll be 16 in May. That's great. No, so is there a retirement plan here? Or is there, are you guys, uh, how many more years are you putting in here? <laughs> I plan to try to go all the way to 30. Wow, good. And, um, most people, they, they switch parks every few years and stuff. But um, me, Grayton's always been home. The people around here in Grayton, Seaside, Blue Mountain, the whole 30A area, they're just awesome. So, I mean, this is home. Exactly. Now, tell Grayton Beach State Park, we have another one that's at the West End, Topsail. Uh, let's focus on Grayton. Uh, you guys have an absolutely awesome span here. Uh, the beach, uh, you can kind of walk down from Watercolor to get here, and you can come down from uh, the Grayton Beach area and Blue Mountain Beach and walk down here as well. Uh, do you see the same people come back? year by year you get to know their names we do have a lot of repeat customers um and a lot of them i mean i see so many people that i may know their face better than i do their name but yeah. then there there are that few that i do i do know their names um and not all of them are people that stay in the cabins or camp here um a lot of them just come down here for day use yeah because where they're staying at you know they they love the area and all but you know we have a, a wider span of beach than, than where most of them are staying at. So. The amenities are great here, too, if you just wanted to come out here and uh, be off the beach. You've got pavilions, and you have a good uh, – um, I say good. It's great. It's a, it's a fantastic uh, uh, restroom and uh, facility over here for people. Uh, tell everybody about the day-to-day -day activities. If you're a daily user of Great Beach State Park, uh, what, what do people do when they come in here? Well, of course, like it's, it is a beach park, so the primary thing is the beach and the swimming and, you know, the surf. Um, but, you know – we have canoes for rent here. You can have a, a paddleboard or a kayak delivered here from one of the local vendors. Right. Um, you've got Western Lake. You can drag it across the boardwalk and take it into the Gulf. Um, I do suggest take it through the lake and go out the outfall. That's a lot right. easier than dragging over the boardwalk. But um, we've got a mile of um, nature trail on the um, beach side here that cuts through um, three different ecosystems. It's one of the few that you can actually go through the dune ecosystem come through a salt marsh, circle around through the flatwoods, and circle back out. Um, it was kind of made popular by an article years ago in Southern Living Magazine, especially the beginning of it. They call it the Hobbit Hole. Yeah. Um, plus the famous tree line of 30 A's here. Yeah. The other thing is across the street, we've got um, a 4.5-mile hiking-biking trail, um, and that's one way. It's nine miles round trip. Wow. Or you can just take it from this side of 30A and end up over on 395 and circle back that away and cut through Seaside or, or go down through Seagrove. Or something. It comes out 
um, at 395 across from the um, Eastern Lake Trailhead for Point Washington State Forest. So, you know, if you're one of those real um, go-getters on the bike, you can just go right across 395 and keep going through the State Forest. Yeah. Um, of course, we have um, 59 campsites with um, electric and water. Uh, the newer section has sewer also in it. Um, we do have 30 rental cabins. There's 15 duplexes. They sleep six people max. They have two bedroom, one bath. Um, there are no pets allowed in the cabin area, but we do allow um, pets in the um, campground. Right. And, of course, we are part of the Department of Environmental Protection, and we're here to protect the resource. So we um, tell people, you know, pets are not allowed on the beach. Right. Even if you have a county permit, you are not allowed on the state park beach. And some people, they think that's wrong, you know, but, you know, we're really here. We're, we're, we're here for everybody. And um, so... You have to take the good with the bad, and you have to balance it out. What's your biggest challenge as a uh, coming to work every day with customers and visitors? <laughs> <laughs> we have we have probably five, six lakefront campsites in the whole campground. Yeah, and everybody wants the lakefront. Yeah. So um, we work off of reservations um, through Reserve America, and um, those sites are the first to always go. And you know, some folks. They make their reservations as far in advance as 11 months. And I suggest to people, you know, if, it's, if you're going to come down for spring break all the way through Thanksgiving, I suggest you make it 8 to 11 months in advance. Um, if it's during our winter months, you can make, make them 4 to 6 months in advance. My parents have an RV, and they see this going down most of the state parks. You do have to plan out 8, 11 months in advance because a lot of Florida has great park systems, don't we? We do. We are the first three-time winner of the National Gold Medal. Um, and that is because um, we have 171 state parks that stretch the um, state of Florida. And it's, it's not, ju not just that. I mean, you get here, you have the state parks. And, yeah, it's a little bit cheaper in some areas to stay at the state park. But then you really get out into Florida itself. Yeah. Um, so you get to see the touristy side of Florida, plus you get to see the real Florida all in one. Absolutely, and Graydon Beach State Park, located right between Graydon Beach and Watercolor and Seaside. It's a beautiful span. The road that goes right in between here uh, is one of the prettiest in the state of Florida. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and, you know, the other cool thing about being here is a lot of time you can just park your car and you can walk or bike to wherever you want to go to because Seaside and Watercolor are just right up the street. Graydon Beach is just down the street. Um Everything's within a half mile to a mile. Yeah. And, yeah, a lot of people, they do. That's what they do. They either bring their bikes or they rent bikes from local vendors. And um, the whole time they're here, that's their transport. That's funny. All right, insider from Patrick, tell us, if you are not planning 8 to 11 months out on your camping trip, what's the best month to maybe sneak in here? If you can sneak – actually, it's two months. My two favorite months are May and October. Yeah. Uh the end of the spring, beginning of the summer, everything is just it just seems to be perfect. You know, with the temperature, the water's getting right there. You can get in it, whether it be the lake or the Gulf, or you know, the beginning of the fall in October. It's getting a little cool at night, still warm during the day. The Gulf and everything is still warm. You can get in it, um, and there's still. I mean, it's the beginning of the fall, but you would still think it was it, it, you were still in summer. Absolutely. We're with Patrick. He is a big part of Grayton Beach State Park here. 
beautiful spot. Get online, check it out. Uh, you can uh, you can try and book uh, and come out here and camp with them uh, just down the road from here. Uh, I believe it's about ten miles. You got uh, Topsail, which is on the west west side. Uh, different amenities there, equally as beautiful on the beach. Uh, the uh, Tram of Terror definitely is a big thing for them. That was awesome in October. Uh, actually, I'm I'm one of their main zombies um, for the Tram of Terror down at what we call at the at the turnaround point, the meat yeah. market as we call it. Uh, yeah, I'm usually the guy that uh, that you see that um, climbs the tram. We'll That's funny. <laughs> yeah, we participated illegally uh, wherever they were doing the little campfire with the uh, the flame that came up. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We were actually just watching people get scared and a friend of mine jumped out and screamed at the tram and it happened to have his family on. They were like, "Was that dad?" <laughs> it's a great it's a great event for the community and yeah. a great fundraiser for the friends of Topsail um, Preserve State Park. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know if we have a better time or the guests have a better time. I think it's about a 50-50 split. It's 50-50. That's a good one. Check that one. Uh, that That's always in October. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit of the wildlife and stuff you can see here at Grayton Beach State Park. We're with Patrick. Grayton Beach, Bar- Grayton Beach State Park is our subject today. We'll be right back on Dawn Patrol.
All right, we're back on Dawn Patrol. We're with Patrick at Grayton Beach State Park. Really appreciate the studios today, Patrick. They're uh, they're just amazing here. Uh, when you're out in a park like this and you get to paddle across Western Lake, get to go to the beach, get the uh, the wash that goes out there. Uh, there's a lot of things that you get to see in the uh, in the park back in here. And uh, as a paddler, stand up paddler on Yolo boards, going back and uh, back and forth across. I've seen stingrays in here. Uh, I see some pretty big fish. Uh, I've even heard some rumors about uh, some fin friends. Is that? Tell me about that. Uh, yeah, there was a black tip shark in here. I guess it's been about four or five years ago. Um, the outfall opened, and when it opens, it flushes the lake, and then it, you know a lot of fish follow the current out. Well, then when it starts receding back in, then they get up there, and um, a whole new group of fish come back into the lake, and. We, we never really know what is in here other than on the north end we know there's bass and brim. Right. Um, because that exchange between the gulf and the lake, you know, when it happens, you don't know what's coming in and out of this thing. Yeah. Um, how we found this out was um, one of our um, park police officers was on duty down here, and he was, he was um, stopping to answer a call. And a kayaker came up to him, and, and, and I'll never forget because he got there and he said, this guy was out in the sun, and he was pale white, and I knew something was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and so the guy came up, and he was like, I just had an encounter with the shark. And he was in the lake. Uh -huh. So we all kind of, you know, was wondering, had this guy got a little too much um, exposure to the heat <laughs> and the sun? Right. Well, then another person came up. And apparently, this black tip shark, he was in there, and he was curious of the kayakers and stuff in the lake, and the outfall had closed, so he got trapped in there, and I guess it was like six weeks. There was all sorts of people, you know, he was being spotted, his dorsal, his fin coming up, and um, a lot of people got up there. Oh, it's a photographer in a helicopter taking a picture of the trees over there. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's probably about the third or fourth today. That's crazy. But, uh, no. So, for six weeks, this, star this shark... Was, was trapped in here. Because six weeks after he got trapped in here, that's when the outfall opened again, and no reports, no sightings of him after that. So we know he escaped. Wow, that's cool. Because, I mean, a lot of the local fishermen were out here trying to catch him, and nobody caught him. And I'm sure if they would have caught him, they would have been bragging. So Yeah, that's funny. So he, he got out. He didn't want to be in there. No, no. He got in there. He had his, he had his vacation, and he, he went back out to the Gulf. And, yeah, and sharks are in the Gulf. Yep, Everybody they are in that. the Gulf. Let's not be naive. So, they're they're out there. Yep. Actually, when it is open, uh, the outfall is open. That's a pretty diverse area. You got freshwater right there. You've got a, there's I, I have seen a shark out in the Gulf that hangs out right at the mouth. And they they will. And people need to be aware of that. That they do come up close. Stingrays will come up close yep. there. A lot of stuff will come up close to that outfall when it's open that wide and flushing that fast because so much mullet and other fish are flushing out through that outfall. That it it creates you a know buffet. A, a buffet <laughs> yeah so you know um, I I go swimming in the outfall sure and all but the one thing I do avoid is the mouth of it right you know and I suggest that to folks because sharks don't have the best eyesight in the world you know and that water's brown with tannic acid and it's mucky looking sometimes yeah so um, and if one happened to wander up close by I mean. I hate it for uh, I hate it for for the person and the shark both because both of them are in the wrong, uh, wrong place at the wrong time. That's right. So, yeah, it is. It, there's a lot of fish in that area. There um, really are. There really are. So if you do fish, uh, <laughs> it's oh, not yeah. a place to go fishing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so let's talk. Uh, obviously, we have a big lake system, and it goes way back towards watercolor. A lot of great grassy areas and everything. So the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, you know, okay, it's been cold. 
when do the gators start coming out? And how many do we have? Do you know? Um, actually, that varies. Yeah. Gators, um, we get that question all the time. You know, how many gators do you have? Where's your gators at? Um, you have signs out here. We do, right and that's because ramp. we want people to be aware that, you know, and not be naive. Sure. That, you know, this is Florida, and we have gators. Yep. You know, um, you may never see one, but you can guarantee, I, I had a, a fish and wildlife officer tell me this one time, you may never see it. But wherever there's a body of water, you have at least one. Wow, yeah. And um, sometimes you'll hear them, especially during mating season, which is May and June. Yeah. And um, I've even seen that. I've heard stories of, you know, how they'll, tra- they'll go from one lake to another in search of a mate. And I've actually kind of experienced that um, before. Um, I had a report out on one of our um, hiking, biking trails in the forest of a big gator. I thought somebody was just, you know, because it was nowhere near any of the lake accesses. And so I just thought, you know, this guy's just wanted to see a gator so bad. Maybe maybe he's just seeing something. I don't know. So I went out there to investigate, you know, got to, got to check it out. And sure enough, there was a big four and a half, five foot gator out there. And he was in the middle, apparently, of going from one area to another area. And, and it was during mating season. Wow. And um, he saw me and um, he booked... I mean, he didn't want to have nothing to do with me. I don't want to have nothing to do with him. And that's and that's usually the case, unless people have been feeding them. And that's a big no-no. Yeah. Because people think they're domesticating these animals, and they're really not. What they're doing is they're, they're being associated as food to this animal. So you never want to feed them. They've got plenty of things here in our environment to eat, and, and it's... It's what they need to eat. They don't need they don't need people food or anything else. They have plenty to eat out here. For anybody over near Eastern Lake, apparently there is one near the old Florida Fish House. That, yes. And uh, apparently somebody's feeding them over there. And there's only one thing that's going to happen there. You're going to get hurt or you guys are going to have to come in and take them out. Well, I guess it's been about 10 years ago at one of the local restaurants around here that um, is near the lake area. A couple of gators wandered up. And um, there were some patrons that um, had had a few libations yeah we'll just say and um (laughs) they decided that they were the crocodile hunter well one of them got nipped and it cost those gators their life yeah that's not good so if you see them they 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 really are they are as scared of you as you are of them you know avoid them and they will avoid you um same thing i get a lot of questions about black bear yeah and we do have black bear around here um Last year we had a mama with two cubs. This year we had a mama with three cubs. Wow. Both years we've lost a cub um, yeah. due to traffic. Um, you never want to approach a cub because that mama is somewhere nearby. Um, one of the big things, too, is if you do come across a bear in the woods, one, the old myth of lying down and playing dead does not work. <laughs> the other thing is you kind of want to wave your hands around a little bit, make some light noise, but slowly back away. You never want to all of a sudden just panic and run, whether whether it's a bobcat, a fox, coyote, a bear, whatever, because they take that as an act of aggression. Mm-hmm. So if you slowly back off, you're, you're letting them know that you respect their territory and that you don't want to have nothing to do with them. That's a good, that's a good thing to know. Uh, we were out here on the road, uh, over here on the bridge for the, uh, the big uh, run the other day, the Seaside Half Marathon. Something's going across the middle of the lake and had somebody zooming in on it. And we were trying to figure it out. Gator, no. Sea otter, no. You had a nice beaver going out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, There, <laughs> there's actually a, a beaver or two here in Western Lake. They get spotted every now and then. There's also a pair that um, 
stay in Alligator Lake. Okay. So that's pretty neat. Oh, tell yeah. us tell us about a project that you're kind of involved with. It's going to launch here momentarily. Uh, it's a big uh, series on the the Dune Lakes and uh, your involvement in it. Uh, well, um, it's a great series. It's going to spotlight Walton County, 30A, and you know our our, our beautiful lakes. Right. Um, they are a rare and endangered species in themselves. Um, I'm on there just giving a little bit of information, um, talking a little bit about, um, as I call them, the farmers of the dunes, the little beach mice. Right. Um, but the overall, I've, I've watched the trailer for it, and I forget the date that um, they're going to premiere it, but it is going to be premiered at Water Sound Origins. Um, so look it up o- online. And you, you can find it. But um, just the trailer for it is awesome. It is awesome. I watched it the other night. And that's the neat thing about our area. You can't drive down 30A without seeing deer. They're out here every day. They're always, and they don't get spooked. And, you know, I've actually seen bald eagles out here. Yes, we have, we have, um, I know of a pair of bald eagles in the area. Um, I know of a pair of osprey that are over, um, off of Point Washington State Forest in our sister park, Deer Lake State Park, they've actually um, ocu- they're occupying an old eagle's nest. Oh. Um, I see those actually flying over the road all the time. Oh yeah, osprey. osprey yeah. Are, if you can ever um, get out here, especially when the outfall's open, they usually will come around and they'll start fishing, and it's the neatest thing to watch. You know, if one of us were were to jump out of the sky and hit the water <laughs> like that, I I don't know how they do it because they hit the water and it's shallow and they come up with a fish and keep going. So, <laughs> How many employees do you have at Great Beach State Park? There's myself. We have a manager, an assistant manager, an administrative assistant, and then we have um, five rangers. And then okay. we have a small handful of about four to five um, other personnel services, part-time people that help out. And then we have um, a good contingency of volunteers, plus our citizen support organization, the Friends of Great Beach and Deer Lake State Parks. Now tell everybody about the beach access that you have here as well. Well, actually, um, here at the main park is our public access, and this is for um, our day use and um, our campers and even the cabin guests if they want to come over here. But the cabins does have its own section of beach. But um, our, our beach area is actually kind of chopped up a little bit because you've got the main park here that borders the town of Grayton and Watercolor. And then you go on the other side of the town of um, Grayton Beach, and you have our preserve property at Pine Street that butts up against Gulf Trace. Mm-hmm. Then on the other side of Gulf Trace starts our cabin beach area, and it butts up against um, Little Redfish Lake. And all total, we probably have about two and a half, maybe three miles of beach wow. if you combined it all together. Can you imagine what this is valued at? <laughs> I mean, you know how many builders around here be like, oh, man. But you know what? We're so lucky it's not available for that. That's that's exactly right. Um, I mean, I'm all for, um, you know, development and the economy and everything. But if we didn't keep these little islands, these uh, these sections of park here. Um, It'd become inaccessible. It would be. We, we, we would be losing part of our culture, our natural resource, um, part of what makes South Walton, South Walton. Yeah. Totally. And we appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, you guys are out here taking care of these spots for everybody and, and giving us somewhere to go uh, on days that are just as beautiful as this. And, uh, Patrick, we really appreciate you guys. And uh, I want to stay in touch with you. And if you guys do any type fundraisers or events here, we need to be out here supporting you guys. So please well, let us know. Um, 
everybody just kind of, um, especially anybody that's into um, doing 5Ks, um, for the past two years, this will be the third year, um, we're working on it um, as long as everything goes through with the Travis Mannion Foundation and um, the Naval Support System. Um, we do the 9-11 Heroes Run. Awesome. And it's in September. We try to do it around September 11th. Um, as information, as we get it together, it'll be posted and put out there on our website, which is www.floridastateparks.org. That's awesome, and we'll be out there for that. That's going to be a great one. Cool. And uh, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time today, and uh, I'm sure there's something horrible you have to do, like go get in the water here or uh, go see where that bear is, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go spread mulch on the tractor. So. Is that what it is? <laughs> Sounds glamorous, Patrick. <laughs> Thanks a lot for your time, buddy. That's been Don Patrol. It's Patrick with Great and Beach State Park. Thanks, man. Thanks, Don Patrol, presented by 38 Cottages and Concierge, with properties in Rosemary Beach, Seacrest, Seagrove, Seaside, and Watercolor. Unpack, relax, and forget where you're from. 38cottages.com.